everyone. Welcome back to Well Then, a podcast where we talk about all things wellness and putting your health first. I'm your host, Megan Scherer. So today I want to talk about a topic that has been on my mind to share about for a while, and that is the idea of diet labels. So I've said this before, and I will say it again, and I'll probably keep saying it as long as I live, and that is there is no one-size-fits-all diet, and there's no singular diet that is going to work for everybody. And it's also important to note that there's not a singular diet that will work for you for the rest of your life. We are evolving and changing human beings. Our bodies are always evolving and changing and adapting to seasons and circumstances and life events and all the things that we go through as humans. And it is my personal belief uh, and my experience that our diets are meant to evolve along with us. You know, if you look back to the day you're born, how much your ideal diet evolves in the first few months and years of your life, we should take that concept with us into the rest of our life. It's You start out with an ideal diet of just breast milk, and then that moves to pureed foods, and then soft, solid foods. And, you know, it, it continues to evolve from there as you grow throughout childhood and teenage years and puberty and into your early 20s and adulthood. And so to assume that there's one way of eating that's going to work for us forever is a really dogmatic way of thinking that can keep you boxed into something that's just not working for you. And there's also so much (laughs) competing and conflicting information out there when it comes to diets and diet labels and what's best and what you should be doing that it can get really easy to get confused and discouraged and to just end up straying really, really far from what works best for your body. You know, if you're on social media or even just read the news, you might see all kinds of different diet labels veganism, plant-based, paleo, keto, low FODMAP, low carb, high carb, low fat, Mediterranean, bulletproof, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, corn-free, raw, and the list goes on and on and on. There are always labels that people can ascribe to ways of eating that they glorify as the best and the only way that humans should eat. And the truth is there's no one ideal human diet type. And I personally have definitely struggled with this way of thinking that, you know, there there is one perfect way of eating and I just have to find it. And once I do, all will be well. I will feel great. My body will feel great. It'll look great. And then I'll be perfect for the rest of my life. I've fallen into that trap of thinking more times than I care to admit. And I can tell you from personal experience and the experience of a lot of my clients that it doesn't work. It just doesn't. Um, If you know my story, you know a lot of the phases of eating and relationship with food that I've been through, but I'll kind of share a little bit of a snapshot of my backstory for those of you who don't know it. Um, I... The the first kind of phase or chapter is when I struggled with an eating disorder as a teenager, and this was in the early 2000s when fat was still a bad word and everything was low fat, and that meant that I was actually eating a fair amount of processed foods um, just for the sake of finding something that was lower in calories and lower in fat, um, and ultimately really devoid of all nutritional value because they had 
added sugars and artificial sweeteners and flavorings to make them taste better when you pull all the fat and nutrition content out. Um, and there was a long time where I really demonized certain foods and certain food groups. I was uh, diagnosed with a, a gluten allergy in high school. And so for many years, um, I followed a gluten-free diet. And that was something that I really ascribed to. And it, it was challenging and difficult in a lot of ways because I knew that it was what was best for my body digestion-wise. I felt better when I didn't eat gluten, but it was also kind of alienating because there weren't a lot of gluten-free options at that time. It wasn't as popularized yet. So I was kind of weird and the odd one out when I would go out to eat or travel with friends. Um, and, you know, luckily I got to the point after college studying holistic nutrition that I was able to heal a lot of my digestive issues and food sensitivities and incorporate some of the foods I had cut out back into my diet. Um, but even after that, I went through many more periods where I demonize certain food groups or cut them out entirely, um, eliminated things for the sake of whatever goal I was pursuing at that time or whatever I thought was right based on what I had heard and read um, from people around me in the fitness industry in particular. Um, when I was competing in fitness competitions, I was following like the bodybuilder diet, which is basically lots and lots of animal protein and vegetables and brown rice. Like you're, I, I was really rotating through maybe only five or six foods and not getting a lot of variety in my diet. And it ultimately ended up leading to a lot of nutritional deficiencies, um, which was not helpful because I was already suffering from healing a, a concussion at the time. And my brain was missing out on lots of really important glucose from the foods that I wasn't eating, like fruit. That is a huge one. People demonize fruit all the time because of the, the sugar content. They say it's too high in sugar um, and you have to cut it out of your diet if you want to lose weight. When the reality is, for most people, fruit is a really important and healing food group that has critical nutrients, vitamins, minerals, phytochemical compounds, and hydration that can heal your body on a cellular level and cutting it out just deprives you of that of that nourishment. Um, so, you know, fast forward even to when I stopped competing and I started really diving into a more holistic view and holistic approach to diet and to eating and to what food could do for your body. I then started to go down the route of following more of a plant-based diet. Um, I didn't grow up plant-based. I, I grew up kind of eating most different foods, all different food groups, unless it was something that I just didn't like. Um, and grew up with lots of dairy in my diet and, and animal products and didn't really think twice about that um, until I started studying holistic nutrition a bit more and started having some severe skin reactions and digestive reactions to dairy. So then I cut dairy out of my diet. And then slowly I got to the point where I wasn't cooking any meat or animal products at home and I would only eat them when I went out and eventually got to the point where I was eating a predominantly or a 100% plant-based vegan diet and there there were a few reasons for that switch initially um, you know one was that I was learning so much more about the benefits of a plant-based diet two 
I was in a community that really, really supported and promoted veganism for its um, benefits to the planet and to, um, you know, the, preventing animal cruelty. Um, and I also was struggling with a, a gut infection at the time. Um, and from from my experience, experience and everything I've learned, I knew that a plant-based diet was going to be the best way for me to heal that. Um, so it had been about five years that I was following a primarily plant-based diet and then was strictly vegan for a little over a year. Um, and a really funny thing started to happen. The longer I went without eating animal products, the more I became scared of them. I was scared that my digestion couldn't handle them. Um, but I was also scared of failing or falling off the wagon of the vegan diet. Uh, and I really felt like I needed to have an all or nothing approach. Either I was vegan or I wasn't. And if I wasn't, then I thought that that meant that I was bad or wrong or immoral because again, I was surrounding myself both in person and also online in my social media community with people who adamantly believed in a, a vegan diet and lifestyle for the planet, for animals and for our health. So I, I, really got into this place where I thought that like if I if I veered from that even a little bit then I had failed and I thought it had to just be totally black or white um, and the funny thing is that was just a, a, a chapter in my life because when I look back to the my time in the fitness community, veganism was actually shunned and made fun of by a lot of bodybuilders and people in that in the fitness industry and I would never have considered it at that time because I had goals to compete and I thought that that's just what you had to do. So the point is diet isn't black or white. I finally got to the point where I realized that it's not just one way or the other and you don't have to fit yourself into a specific label or definition in order to A, have the health that you want or B, just meet this kind of unspoken societal expectation of what you should be doing. There is no should or shouldn't. The only thing you should be doing is listening to your body. And for me, what that eventually meant was that I would start to work certain foods back into my diet that I had cut out. So for a period of time, I, after being vegan, I started feeling called to eat eggs again. I was craving eggs, and so I incorporated eggs back into my diet first sporadically and periodically and then more frequently. And so then I, I had eggs back in my diet and that was totally fine. And I would also have some grass fed butter as well. Again, not a vegan option, but something that I felt like I wanted to cook with and I felt good when I would use it. And um, cooking with bone broth was another thing that from time to time I would, my body would crave that. So I would make soups with it or rice with it. And that worked for me. And Again, after a period of time, I noticed that I was leaning away from eggs. So I had been eating them a lot. And now all of a sudden, I felt like maybe I don't need them every day or even every week, maybe just once in a while. And it took me a long time to not just listen to those cues from my body, but actually honor them. Because like I said before, I really, really thought and believed that once I adhered to a specific dietary belief, that that had to be the truth forever. That, you know, I really needed the protein from eggs. And if I didn't get it, then I wasn't going to 
build or maintain muscle mass or, you know, I wouldn't have the protein my body needed when in reality, my body needed those nutrients at that time. And when it was in a different phase, it needed different nutrients. We need variety in our diets to meet the demands of whatever our body is going through, whether that's stress, emotional, physical, or otherwise, or illness. Um, sometimes we have underlying pathogens like bacteria and viral infections in our body that we're not even necessarily aware of, that our bodies are fighting inflammation without us knowing it. And there are certain nutrients that will help support healing that information, getting rid of those pathogens, and reducing the, the stress in our bodies to get us back to equilibrium. That is ultimately the goal with food, is nourish our bodies on a cellular level to get us to a place of equilibrium so that we are in a place where our immune systems are strong and functioning well, our nervous systems are balanced, our digestive system is flowing and eliminating well, we're detoxifying, our mental health is balanced, our strength and mobility is balanced, all of the, the internal functions that you don't think about on a daily basis are flowing well to keep you healthy so that you can go out and actually enjoy life and live a long, vibrant life. That's the main purpose of food. But I also acknowledge the fact that food is more complicated than that. It's not just fuel for a lot of people, the vast majority of people. It also has an emotional component and a social component. We bond over food. We connect over food. We enjoy food. We savor it. We share it with others, and, and it makes us feel good. And so I firmly believe that there needs to be room in your diet for those emotional components of food as well. And when I say that, I don't mean, you know, sitting on the couch, binge eating like bags and bags of processed food just because you think it makes you happy. I, what I mean is following a diet that is 80% nourishing and addressing the, the current needs of your body and 20% giving yourself the freedom and flexibility to go enjoy life, whether you're traveling or at a party or just want to go out to dinner or whatever that might be um, and have freedom and flexibility with your food. And so for that reason, that is why I'm, I'm really adamant now about saying we, we should not be adhering to specific diet labels or definitions where it doesn't make sense for us. Um, a lot of people get into patterns with disordered eating and unhealthy relationships with food or even as far as orthorexia, um, which is a classified uh, eating disorder as, as basically an um, excessive obsession with food. So if you find yourself like thinking about food all the time, obsessing over what your next meal is going to be or counting your calories or worrying if a certain food has ingredients that you can or can't eat, you might be in a place where your relationship with food is out of balance and that's okay. I've been there before. Um, it's, it is normal, but it's also not the way that you have to live. And I promise you, you free up so much space mentally and emotionally when you're not thinking about food all the time and you're not trying to fit yourself into a box that, you know, you have to, only eat keto because that's what your personal trainer told you to do or your friend told you to do because it helped them lose weight, but you feel like crap on it. Like listen to your body. Your body is ultimately your best teacher and what worked for your friend might not necessarily work for you. And 
you know, of course, it's helpful to, to work with a doctor or even uh, more ideally a functional medicine or integrative medicine practitioner um, or holistic nutritionist who can help you get to that place of balance and kind of finding that ideal diet for you at this phase in your life. And once you've found it, give yourself permission for it to change. Give yourself permission to not be perfect. Give yourself permission to evolve and to be a human being. Um, because again, I've, I spent so much time in my life that feels a little bit wasted obsessing over food and finding that perfect diet type that was elusive and never really came because there is no perfect diet type. And what feels perfect for me now is this balance that I've found that if I were to walk you through like a typical day of eating for me or even a typical week of eating for me, that wouldn't do very much for you because it's just what works for me right now in this phase in my life. And it's going to change for me. And it, it might not work for you to begin with. So I'm a huge advocate for experimentation, trial and error, maybe even keeping like a food symptom journal so you can write down how you feel after you eat certain foods and challenge yourself to incorporate foods back into your diet that you had previously demonized or created some sense of fear around because you categorize them as bad. Um, and, you know, go to, go to local farmer's markets and try different types of produce. Try new foods that you wouldn't normally eat or n wouldn't normally cook because they're unfamiliar to you and see what happens when you challenge your food boundaries. Um, I just, I think it's, it's such a powerful thing when you don't have to have your whole life around revolve around food, when you can just enjoy it, we can, when you can just let it fuel you and nourish you and let it taste good. That is such a beautiful place to be. And I'm speaking from personal experience again, as you've heard, I've had many years of struggle being on the other side of that coin. Um, and it, you know, take a look at your circles of influence as well. This is something that I realized when I moved from LA to New York that was something I wasn't even fully aware of. When I was living in LA, um, it is a very, very health conscious community. And for me personally, being a nutritionist and being immersed in that industry as well, it was even more um, obvious this this focus on health and everywhere I turned there were all these kind of alternative options especially like I said plant-based options vegan raw um, dairy-free and that was just the norm and it and it worked for me because that was the way and and is the way that I really prefer and enjoy eating but what I didn't realize is that it actually made me demonize certain food groups um, when I moved to New York, I realized that I had thought that like dairy and cheese was like a bad word. Like you wouldn't see that in, in most restaurants in LA. There's a lot of options for dairy free, even coffee shops. It's like all the dairy free alternatives, which again, I don't even drink milk. So it's not a big deal to me, but I realized that there needed to be so much more room for flexibility in my mindset as well as my diet and just coming to a, a new city like New York where it is such a food scene here and it is not as health conscious because people are so much more focused on the taste of the food and the experience of the food and the social aspect of the food and the restaurants um, 
and it, it kind of reinforced for me like, whoa, I, I was focused so much on just the health side that I forgot that like food is this really fun communal thing that should be enjoyed from time to time too, or often in a lot of cases. So again, just look at your social spheres, your familial spheres of influence in what their beliefs about food are and how that might be impacting you. And if you feel those things are true for you or not, because maybe their beliefs are working for you and they're useful and, and for you and they serve you and, and you wanna hold on to them, but maybe their beliefs aren't true for you. And, and when you really examine them and get honest with yourself, they don't sit well with you. And, and if you let go of them, it might create a little bit more freedom in your diet to eat in a way that feels better for you without having to, you know, explain yourself um, to people who have different beliefs than you do. So it's just something to take a look at. It's another great thing to journal about if you're like, wow, I've never considered any of this before, then I would encourage you to just sit down with your journal and free write and ask yourself some questions about what your relationship with food and diet labels has looked like and what you want it to look like, what you want it to feel like and, and what kind of freedom you want to experience around food. So this is something I could probably talk about for hours on end because I've had so much personal experience with it. Um, if you guys want me to dive more into any specific aspects of diet labeling or my approach to food and nutrition um, when it comes to either general health or healing specific chronic health conditions, let me know and I can do future podcast episodes on those topics. So feel free to DM me on Instagram at Megan Scherer or go to my website empowered-bodies.com and you can email me there um, as well if you want, if you have questions or, or want to learn more um, or have recommendations for specific topics. And if you know anybody in your life who is really struggling with strict, strictly adhering to a particular diet type or having um, obsessive restrictions around food and, and you feel like they might be a little bit boxed in um, and limiting themselves when it comes to their dietary choices and that they'd benefit from hearing this episode, I highly recommend that you share it with them. Sharing is caring. We all learn and grow together and it can be helpful to spark these kinds of discussions in your friend group and in your family so that you guys can kind of challenge these biases together. So again, would love if you shared this with them. Um, leave a rating and review in the, in, in the podcast store if you feel called to um, so that more people can get access to this, these kinds of holistic health conversations. And thank you so much for tuning in. And again, as always, until next time, have a happy and healthy and balanced day.